0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through the Lord Jesus, especially on this celebration of Christmas. Amen. It's common to talk about this celebration of Christmas, this celebration of the birth of the Messiah, as good news for all people. The Savior of the world has come into the world. God takes on flesh to dwell among us. God is with us. Emmanuel. And again, we talk about this as good news for all people, but what does that mean? In one of our readings from Isaiah this evening, we hear this promise that a child is going to be born, and that child is going to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This isn't the only portion of Isaiah where Emmanuel gets mentioned. In fact, Isaiah chapter 7 to 12 is sometimes thought of as the book of Emmanuel. It's a number of chapters devoted to that topic of God with us. And more importantly for us this evening, the very next thing, the very next words out of the prophet's mouth when he's talking to King Ahaz about the birth of this child, is that the birth of this child is a sign that the king of Assyria, an enemy to the people at the time, is going to show up and bring destruction on the land of Israel and the land of Judah and go all the way to surround Jerusalem as well. The promise of Emmanuel isn't good news for King Ahaz, as we might think of it. You see, as Isaiah unfolds the promise that God is going to show up in the midst of the people, this news is both what we would call good news and, in some respects, bad news. For those sitting in darkness, for those sitting in the shadow of gloom, this is wonderful news, because the presence of God in their midst means light, it means casting out darkness and casting out the gloom. It means the end of war and the end of violence, and it means a king who will bring shalom, all these broken pieces being put back together in peace. But that very same presence of God in the midst of the people is bad news, if you will, for those who are causing the darkness. It stands as an opposition to King Ahaz and others in power who were oppressing the people. The presence of God is a threat to the patterns that false prophets had in those days, of, of harming the people and of the unjust priests and the way that they went about their religious duties. Emmanuel... God with us. You see, God being with us, which is what we trust Jesus is, God in the flesh, doesn't mean that God is for us no matter what. It doesn't mean he supports everything that everybody does. What I mean by that is this, is that God is not for greed. He's not for arrogance. He doesn't support the oppression of people He doesn't support the withholding of resources from those who are in need or on the margins, whether that's from individuals or from policies and economic practices that we're accustomed to. He is not for people when they work these things. His presence is in opposition to it. But he is absolutely for those who are in danger. He is for the sick. He is for the marginalized. He is for those who are taken advantage of. Those who sit in darkness and the need of the gift of life and light, who need that gift of life and light. Who need someone to take their broken pieces and, and put them back together into some wonderful wholeness. Emmanuel, God with us. And it depends on what we are up to in the world as far as whether we receive that as good news or not. At the birth of Jesus, it is deeply significant that this good news, this message of the birth of the king, is announced by the hosts of heaven to shepherds. Shepherds were not viewed positively by people of status in the Roman Empire, and we often kind of romanticize the shepherds out there on the hill at night. But shepherds were often thought of being rough, unclean, and even dangerous. So if shepherds are out on the hillside outside of town, it's kind of like, you know, lock your doors sort of a thing. They were marginalized, and they were sort of on the fringe, socially speaking. But it's to shepherds and that the angels go and sing. God doesn't send his angels to Herod, the king. He doesn't send them to Caesar and his power, not to the rich and powerful, but to those who are looked down upon in those days. And when the angels tell the good news of the birth of the Messiah to these shepherds, These angels burst into song, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's a a fairly common translation or use of a verse uh, of that verse in some songs that I think is quite common. And it goes something like this, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And so we say, well, who's the peace and the goodwill for? It's for men. It's for all human beings to make it more of a common way of speaking today. But the translation we have tonight, which I find more helpful, is not goodwill towards humans. It's peace among those with whom God is pleased. Peace among those whom he's pleased or whom God favors. This message of the angels resonates with the prophet Isaiah regarding Emmanuel. It's a message of good news. It's a message of peace. It's a message of wholeness, but it's a message of good news and peace for those whom God favors, for those with whom he's pleased. But the message of Jesus' birth is not good news of peace to someone like Herod, for instance, in Matthew's account. What Jesus represents in this news that he brings, what he represents to Herod is a dangerous disruption. Jesus represents a a potential loss and upheaval of his power and position, and so he tries to annihilate Jesus as a child. The presence of Jesus, Emmanuel, is not wholeness. It's not shalom for the many religious authorities in Jesus' day, as Jesus opposed is their codified mistreatment of widows, as they kept devouring houses, as he says. He opposes their ways of avoiding responsibility to their neighbors and the other nations around them. But to somebody like Zacchaeus, if you're familiar with that story, a tax collector, somebody who was hated by so many and probably did some pretty shady and unlawful things with his position. The presence of Jesus remarkably is good news because Zacchaeus responds with trust and reorients his life to the kingdom of God, carrying out generosity with what he has and carrying out justice in line with Jesus and how he reigns as king. The presence of Emmanuel is not good news for Pontius Pilate. For Pilate, it's just a political headache. He's trying to keep the peace. He's trying to pacify the people. And he does so by condemning an innocent man to torture and death. It is not good news for the way of Caesar and his claim to lordship because Jesus is a king contrary to their ways of valuing and ruling over humanity. Something just happened to the electricity. And I know my mic is dead. Did a light shut off too? That's fascinating. <laughs> I'm just going to be as loud as I can, okay? Because my battery pack is working and I don't, I don't know what just happened. So maybe we blew a fuse or something, which is always exciting. Um, yeah, so it's not good news uh, for everybody, right? Uh, the presence of Jesus poses a threat to Pilate's position. The position of Jesus is not good news for Caesar, It's not good news for his claim to being Lord of all because Jesus is a king who's absolutely contrary to the ways of Caesar's ruling and the way he values humanity. But the presence of Jesus is wonderful news for the hungry poor. It's beautiful news for the sick who he heals, for the ostracized, for the widows who had their houses devoured by those in power, it's good news for the grieving as he brings people back to life. And for the little children that his disciples say, keep them away. He says, no, bring them to me. It is good news for the needy and the helpless. Emmanuel means life and salvation. And in the story of Jesus' birth, this is wonderful news. Life-changing news for the shepherds. Because they were chosen to herald this message as the first witnesses of the birth of the Savior. The presence of God in the flesh, sleeping in a feeding trough as the firstborn child of a young poor woman and her husband. The presence of shepherds, these ones who were seen again as dangerous and unclean. The presence of these and not the presence of kings or the announcement to royalty in some regards. All of this points to an upheaval of the present order of the world. With the birth of the king comes the values of God's kingdom breaking into the earth. And we see it intensely as this king is willing to give up his life. Not take the lives of others, but give his life in order to save humanity from sin. And we see the values of God's kingdom as this one who suffered unjustly out of compassion for others is raised from the dead and given authority over all of heaven and earth. Is this good news? We are invited and called to trust that it is good news, that it means undeserved grace for us. It means the fullness of God's compassion given to us and to the rest of the world. It means forgiveness and the healing of our will, our very hearts. The presence of Jesus means the promise that death does not and will not have the final say because Christ will come back and he will swallow up death and raise all bodies to life again. But these very gifts of grace that he freely gives to us that we have never deserved or earned but live in every day, these gifts of grace urge us and call us to a new way of living, a way of living that is in line with what God is pleased with. To continually return to old ways of greed, or arrogance, or hatred, or division, or injustice, as we all struggle to do, is to put ourselves in opposition to the God who has chosen to dwell with us in our midst. Instead, we live by the Spirit and strive by His power towards humility, to live lives of service and sacrifice towards others and to trust that this news even though there are circumstances and moments where it doesn't feel like good news because it imposes something upon us about the reign of God in the world to trust nevertheless that it is the best news there is we seek to take upon ourselves the eyes of God so that we look at other people and value other people the way he values people never diminishing their humanity but always seeing them through the lens of the fullness of compassion, and especially with being sensitive to those who are neglected or those who are in need. We are given the Spirit, our hearts are being restored, and so we work at shaping our thoughts and our behaviors in a way that reflects the generosity of God with us. And we live lives of hope and trust in him as we carry out that compassion. Emmanuel God with us. And at this news, we rejoice. At this news, we also trust that the grace of God that has come into the world is training us, as Paul puts it. The grace of God who moves towards humanity trains us to renounce all ungodliness and worldly greed. It redeems us from all lawlessness and makes us zealous for good works in our relationships and our everyday lives. We rejoice that God is with us, but we trust that, while it is good news, that we also grow and trust together that this news is for us and for others. We work together all the more to set aside what we cling to in our thoughts and behaviors that might be in opposition to God's peace and with what he reveals in Jesus. What God reveals, what he is pleased with, is mercy with lifting up the broken. It's what he does for us, and it's what we are blessed to do for one another and for others, not just during this holiday season, but every day of our life, as we live in his great compassion. Now may the peace that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.